had picked the attic. It had a single bulb, a carpeted floor, two windows facing outwards, which held a breathtaking view of the mountain range. Though there were no furnishings up there, it also held no debris nor dust. It took him just under an hour to maneuver a spare mattress up the ladder and through the opening. Getting his lone bag up there took even less time. Cole was overjoyed that he wouldn't be disturbed. The cool evening breeze brought in the scent of pine and wildflowers. He breathed it in and loved it. He made his way towards the dining area where everyone else was gathering for dinner. Tanya and Diego were talking with the resort manager, perhaps to iron out the details, Cole thought. Colleen, Duke's girlfriend, raised her hand at Cole to get his attention from across the large room. He maneuvered around the tables and made soft noises to quietly alert people that he was nearby. Then he sat down and pretended to be busy with the menu. He didn't have to pick anything because their meals were already set, at least for the first night and day. The girls wanted to practice their home economic skills while they were here, so market and grocery visits were scheduled for the following days. Cole used the menu to cover that he was looking over the place. He didn't want to seem predatory, but he didn't want to advertise that he was checking over everyone. Glancing quickly around, he noted that a few of the girls were pretty or cute. Spirited conversations filled the dining hall with a droning buzz. Everyone seemed eager about their week away from home. He spied Eileen seated with a pair of girls. They seemed engrossed in their own world, much like everyone else. But no, Cole didn't feel any stirring. No desire to press out and connect with any of the girls, much less any of the boys or the other guests. He tried thinking of how intimacy could take place with the prettier girls. After a few seconds, his brain decided it would be much more interesting to explore the possibilities of his impending game campaign with his friends. At the back of his mind, a small, tiny idea began. You're broken. A small and gentle hand touched his shoulder. Cole snapped out of his musing and glanced to the side. Standing there was Eileen with a concerned look. She asked him, Are you okay? You were deep in thought for a long time. Cole shook his head. Uh, not really. I was wondering how we're going to take on a Tarasque. He looked to his friends. I don't think we have enough levels and equipment to take it on. He was referring to their impending game time and picking up from where Diego stopped the campaign. Duke and Pierce looked at each other. I don't know, Cole, Pierce responded. I was thinking we could back away for the merchant's offer. Maybe get an army behind us. Duke added to this and the boys huddled together. This was important for Cole that the stories he imagined with his friends was a unifying thread. This was when Cole contributed the most. Nadia and Colleen softly smiled and started chatting with each other. Eileen quietly sat down beside the other girls at the table and listened closely to the boys. 
She placed her hand on the table to get the boy's attention. The three of them stopped their discussion about using some magical explosives and looked at her. Eileen looked at Cole and asked, What's a Tarasque? Is that related to the mythical dragon of France? Cole was surprised, but then he answered, I think that's the primary source for the monster. Um, we play Dungeons and Dragons. Duke said, Right, it's a storytelling game. Something we use to occupy our time. Sorry, we can table the discussion about Tarasks later. And then he looked at Cole. Cole, getting the message, settled back in his chair. Eileen thought about this for a moment. Dungeons and Dragons, a role-playing game? Are there more myths and legends in your game? Cole nodded. There's a whole lot more. Um, it's a fantasy setting, so the books have lots of information on dragons, monsters, demons, angels, crazy things. Look, I know it's not something that will appeal, but Eileen interrupted him there. There are books? Can I read them? She cocked her head to the side while the boys looked at each other. Pierce was piecing things together far faster than Cole. Sure. Look, Cole can get you the books from the box and guide you through them after dinner. Does that sound good? Cole was trying to stab Pierce with his eyes when Eileen brightly answered, That would be lovely. Later that evening, Cole had the box out near the fireplace. Eileen was browsing through the monster manual. Cole was slowly explaining that rules were important in storytelling games. The journey from humble beginnings moving to epic adventures had to do with a scale of conflict. Not too hard, but not too easy. Except that Diego had introduced the rumors of a Tarasque threatening a village that their characters visited. Eileen asked about the village, and Cole repeated near verbatim the description of Diego from last week. Eileen took note of this and then posited, What if it isn't a real Tarasque? What if the merchant was just using a term that he was familiar with and just tagged it on to that imaginary threat? Diego, who was walking by, checking on everyone, overheard her. Ding, 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 give the lady a notch, he exclaimed. Cole grinned as he watched his friend disappear down a corridor. What's a notch? Eileen asked. It's a strong favor granted by the Game Master, usually awarded when a player does something incredible or says something very insightful. He groaned quietly at his taking the problem literally. Her eyes widened. I'm a player? Cole looked at her and answered, only if we make a character for you, so there are things to consider. Um, race, gender, class, skills. Cole droned on and started pulling out some dice and a sheet of paper. Eileen was absorbing everything he said, as well as how he said it. His deep voice rumbled through the living area, with just meager lamps in the fireplace to illuminate his features. Deep inside, she felt her body responding in a way that she's only ever read about. This largish man, gently smoothening the paper on the table, his hands slowly placing a pencil beside it, as well as setting some dice for her to roll later. 
Gon was the thuggish, simple-minded guard of the group. In his place was an eloquent and articulate scholar with that voice that could smother a room. He was still guarded with how he moved, and it didn't feel like he was saying everything he wanted. But right now, he was more open than he's ever been. She couldn't help but hang on his every word. Deep in the night, Cole had retreated to the attic. Eileen tucked the boy's box away in her room. She knew it was a precious thing and it couldn't be left back in the public area. Climbing into bed, she muttered as she placed a sheet of paper on the nearby table. Elf. Female. Ranger. As planned, just past the crack of dawn, the group took the coaster to the market. It took about a half hour to get there. It was a moderate array of stalls and hawkers. Trucks and vans were being unloaded by laborers. Merchants were arranging their fresh produce on broad tables. The rhythmic, shrill sound of blades being sharpened could be heard from the meat section. The group alighted from the coaster. Cole took in the pungent air and smiled. He will always remember his mother dragging him barely awake to the market back in the city. It was much larger than this, and the shouts of hawkers awed him. This mountainside market was not so strange. It would not be difficult to keep an eye on everyone. He looked at the girls as they divided the market for their perusal. Pierce was nearby, staying close to Nadia, his girlfriend. He gave Cole a smile as he stifled a yawn with the back of his hand. After a quick inhale, he was gagging from the assault to his nose. Pierce glared at Cole's grin. Shaking his head, he went off with Nadia towards the fish section. Just as Cole was about to set off, he felt a small hand lightly holding on to his sleeve. He looked down to find Eileen looking at him. I'm sorry, the floor is wet and I have to make my way to the meat section. She was pointing over there, just by the side. Cole didn't think much of it. He guessed she was unsteady on her feet and needed assistance to move around. It fell within the parameters he set for himself when dealing with others, so he didn't mind at all. He nodded and proceeded to guide her towards the stalls with chopping blocks, meat hooks, and the scent of blood. Eileen let go of his arm when he neared one of the stalls. She looked at the cuts presented on the table and chatted with the stallkeeper. Cole saw that she was going to be okay for now, and tucked his hand back into his pocket. He started scanning the area, checking if any of the others were nearby and needed assistance. While looking around, he met the eyes of the driver who was smoking a cigarette while leaning on the coaster. The driver's eyes seemed to question what he was doing. Cole glanced at Eileen, who was slowly making her way to another stall. He looked back at the driver and just shrugged. It was then he noticed that some of the other girls looked at his direction. He took that as a hint, and after a final check on Eileen, jogged over to grab what they bought and ferried it back to the coaster. Pierce and Cole took turns moving the foodstuff, but after every trip, Cole returned to Eileen's side. He didn't want her to fall on account of him not being there to support her. 
When they were finishing up their purchases, Cole was struggling to keep one arm available for her, while he gripped numerous plastic bags with his other fist. The bag loops were digging into his fingers, but he gritted his teeth and bore it until they got back to the coaster. Nadia took the bags from Cole one at a time, placing them on the seats inside. The rubber lining the driver placed on the seats protected them from any seepage. He seemed well prepared for this whole thing. After Cole took his customary seat at the back, he kept his eyes out the window, though he saw Eileen slowly making her way to him, just at the edge of his sight. She sat beside him and then gently hugged his arm. So cold, she muttered, just loud enough for him to hear. Cole kept his face calm and his gaze outside the window, pretending to look at something. At the back of his mind, there was a growing seed of concern. Much later, over dinner, Eileen made sure to present Cole with a large bowl of beef stew. Cole blinked at her smiling face even as the boys were doing their best to keep from grinning. His stunned expression lasted for a moment as he wondered if he was being pranked or where the punchline would be. He squared off his shoulders and decided to plunge in, no matter the consequences, and took a sip of the broth. His eyes widened at the complexity and depth. His palate sang praises to the spices, seasoning, and thickness. Sparing Eileen a glance, he then took a bite of the meat, and it just disintegrated in his mouth. Death is good, he managed to say around beef. Eileen flashed him a smile and went back into the kitchen. Duke, red in the face, was doing whatever he could to not laugh. Diego and Pierce were smiling broadly as they fist-bumped. The expressions, somewhat lost to Cole, as he muttered again after swallowing, It's really good. At night, when the storytelling adventure of the small group continued, even with the addition of an elven ranger, Cole couldn't find a reason to push away the small girl that kept sitting beside him. She would look to him to prompt what she needed to do next when it came to combat. As a group, the boys were amazing and keeping track of everything. She felt herself falling deeper and deeper into the story that they were weaving. During their last night, Cole was exhausted but happy. Their story adventure was at a comfortable pause. He had to attend all the market runs due to his size and efficiency. It took a toll on him, but this evening would be the last time he had to set the alarm. They were scheduled to leave for the city at around 11 a.m. the next day. Looking forward to a long sleep, he didn't spare a glance at a second mattress that seemed to have materialized in the attic. He gave a grunt to some dark shadow on the side thinking it was one of the boys, wanting to try out the attic. He stripped down to shorts and when his head touched the pillow, was gone from this world. Cole's eyes fluttered open to the weak light coming through the late morning fog. His breath puffed out before him. That made him smile. The cold, he was going to miss the cold. He was always going to miss sleeping alone in a room. But just as he was going to stretch out his limbs, he felt a soft mass on his right side. 
and a light weight on his chest. Alarmed that Pierce had decided to use him as a pillow, Cole turned to shout at his bedmate only for his jaw to drop. Warm, a girl's voice sleepily muttered. <laughs>